Welcome to Where's My Sports At, episode 14, your weekly dose of sports analysis made for the fans, by the fans, mixed with a healthy dose of beer, bullshit and banter. As a long-suffering New Zealand Warriors fan, there have been many occasions over the years where I've felt that the Warriors haven't been treated fairly by the NRL and the match officials, and from what I see online, this is a strong sentiment that's shared by many other Warriors fans. So, on today's podcast, I'm joined once again by good friend and Warriors superfan Phil to unpack whether or not this is down to purely the incompetence of the officials and the constraints of the system they work within, as I'm sure there are fans of all clubs except for maybe the Roosters who would have some fairly justified complaints against the officials, or whether there is unconsciously less concern awarded to the New Zealand Warriors team. Hey Phil, good to see you again my friend. Thank you for making the time to come along today. Cheers, mate. No, thanks for having me. It's always great to um, to catch up and have some good good yarns about rugby league. <laughs> now, like me, I know you get pretty hot under the collar at times about how we feel that our warriors are treated by the officials and the NRL. So I want you to tell me about some of the bigger incidents that you can remember that really get your goat going. Yeah, mate. I, um, I'm very passionate. I'm warriors supporter and... You know, I can live with the I can live with the loss. I can live with the Warriors' loss as long as there haven't been like the opposition team weren't just a bunch of grubs and the referees didn't um, dud us. You know, um, if we didn't perform and if, if we just played poorly, then you know I can live with that. But it does seem over the years that there have been a number of calls that um, that we have been um, on the wrong end of. And you know, I don't want to um, rattle off a long list because I mean, I I do my best to cleans my mind of the Warriors games at the end of each season because otherwise I'd be uh, um, in an absolute state. <laughs> no, you just you can't live like that, mate. But, you know, there is, there's obviously there's a handful that stand out. I know you and I chatted about um, Monty Beatham's having a chat with Roger Tuovasa-Shek on Once a Warrior, which was awesome. I, I, I watched that the other day. Oh, I just, I love Roger. He's great. And I'm so excited for him to come back. And it leads me into sort of one of the one of the more glaring sort of forward pass gate. You know, it seems quite prevalent off the back of the most obvious, the more recent incident, should I say, the, the NFL-style pass that Reese Walsh delivered. But, you know, Ro- Roger, uh, if, if we recall back in 2019, uh, our game against the Eels, he was running down the sideline near the end of the game, and he did a little cheeky little backwards, out the back of the hand, flick pass to the winger um, to score in the corner to, to win the game, and it was ruled forward. <laughs> and, of course, we lost. And it was just it was just so just so painful you know it's so exciting when you win a game at the end and you're you know you're all just screaming and shouting and jumping up and down and all of a sudden you, the wind gets taken out of your sails because of an apparent forward pass and um, to make matters worse the game beforehand the referee's boss confirmed that Cronulla Sharks had scored two tries off forward passes against us. <laughs> it's like we we can't seem to get away from these bloody forward passes, Craig. Um, I'm not necessarily advocating for having some type of special forward pass adjudicator or anything like that, but it just seems wherever the Warriors play, there seems to be a forward pass that doesn't go our way. Or goes the other team's way. Yeah, you know, it's, it's yeah, that's and I, I, I just can't, <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> and off topic here a bit, but sort of on topic. So you're saying you wouldn't like some sort of technology to come into the game? So I know you've said before you like the speed of rugby league in comparison to rugby. And is your reticence to having some sort of more technology involvement? Is that because you fear the game may slow down? Because that can be rugby league's point of difference. Well, yes, I understand where you're coming from, and. 
I, I could actually I could counter that just with the idea that this year I've really enjoyed um, with rugby league when they score a try if the ref is dubious he'll take it straight up to the video ref say it's no try and then the the video ref has to sort of find evidence otherwise every other try which in the past it was it, again this is a classic warriors um robbed thing where every season you they'd score a try just about every game and the ref would be like all right let's take that upstairs and it was you know we always had this joke with the boys all right what are they going to try and find wrong with this try in order to you know <laughs> to get away from us um that i just thought of that just then it was because it just this this way this year it's just been so good because the referee have been given the power just just give them the try and then before they kick the uh, the conversion the bunker is immediately looking to see if there was anything in the lead up to the try that could you know that could take it away and that's a great way to speed the game up and it also sort of um, allayed probably some of those conspiracy theorists with the Warriors fans because honestly it was it was laughable how often our tries would get sent up and opposition tries would get awarded like it was just it was a joke I know that feeling I had that as well it's like oh here we go again the Warriors have scored they're going to try and take it off us yeah, yeah exactly exactly but sorry um, back to the point with the forward passes because literally forward passes is the only thing that a video ref can't rule on and I guess the whole idea it was always just so odd that literally the commentators would be looking at it and they'll be like okay yeah there was no there was no obstruction there was no knock-on that pass looked forward but the referee can't rule on that so it's going to be awarded a try <laughs> and and it was just like if if you can look, I mean, maybe if they painted, like, I mean, let's not get carried away and paint, you know, every yard like they do in American football, which they have to. But maybe if you painted every five meters or every 10 meters, had a, had a notch. And then that way, you can clearly see where the guy was standing when he passed it. Did it come out the back of his hands or did it? Did he just throw it forward like Reese Walsh? And then how far in front did the guy catch it? Then have some type of leeway where there's going to be an allowance for drift because that's just gravity. That's just how motion works. Um, you know, when people are running, you know, there's, there's, it's going to travel forward to a certain degree. So that's why they always say it has to come out the back of your hand. Or sorry, you have to be, you know, that backwards passing motion. So there are ways where you can rule on it from a bunker's point of view without slowing the game down because we're already ruling on everything anyway. You're just adding another thing. And you can add, I mean, even without painting lines on the field, you can just, you, the Reese Rolfs one was just so obvious, you know, like, I mean, yes, the refs are going to get criticised anyway, and it's like in the NBA they do this last the last two minute report where they review all the calls in the last two minutes, and then they'll come out and they'll say, "Oh, the referee's got it wrong. It wasn't a foul, or it was a foul," and that meant that the blah 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 team shouldn't have had the free throws, which won them the game. And it's kind of like, <laughs> what's the point in doing that? Because it just pisses the fans off even more because it's not going to change the result. So you know, like, you're, there's always going to be criticism, regardless of what it is. But at least when something is so blatantly obvious as the one on the weekend where it was literally it felt like it was 10 meters you know then those things can get called back that's really nonsensical isn't it if the people watching at home can see it went forward the people in the stadium can see it went forward the commentators can see it went forward and the bunker can see it went forward but we can't rule on it i think that makes a mockery of the game in a way to me it's like this isn't professional if everyone knows something's wrong but we're putting our hands over our eyes and saying no carry on Exactly, Craig. You're bang on. And I think the frustrating thing is that that's been one of the most talked about components of that game 
rather than, True. you know, if you're a Broncos fan, you'd probably want to be talking about the fact that they just towed up the Warriors in a legitimate, you know, a legitimate toweling. Um, they deserve to be in the grand final, but instead, you know, and the Warriors could have said, put their hand up and said, you know, look, this is our first year making it this far since since 2011. But instead, all of us fans, especially myself at least, um, <laughs> Both I'm, not, us. I'm not giving it. Yeah, you and yourself, Craig. I'm not, I'm not giving it to them. I'm yeah. not having it. Um, I, I still think you take away that forward pass, the forward pass that we were ruled on in the first half, the strip that they called was a loose carry just before halftime on Adam Pompey. You know, all these different calls that could have changed the momentum of the game. You know, that's that's the stuff that I hark back on. And I don't want to sound like Ricky Stewart. <laughs> and I have a feeling I'm very close to it. But, you know, there's those, it's just ruins. It, experience. You know, what makes ruins experience, ruins the fan experience, ruins what makes rugby league so great. Yes. And, and the pod I did the other week with Andre is something he mentioned afterwards because it seemed to come up in that conversation about the rugby as well. He was saying that the score of the game or the outcome of it, the points, is a scorecard for the players and the coach and the team. But there's never anything done around the referees as such. You know, it's very much behind closed doors. It isn't uh, transparent. That just leads to those feelings because your feelings are never sort of acknowledged and, and dealt with. Like, you know, I'll use the example that we spoke or a few months ago about Jason Paris. The referees union and the NRL threatened him with legal action and being sued if he didn't apologise. It's no, actually... You've made a point. We will look at it. We disagree with you. This is what we've looked at it and we've shown that you're wrong. But when they close ranks and they just push you away, it feels like you're being treated like a second-class citizen of a club. Yeah, and it's a really good point you raise multiple, actually, is that I'd forgotten about that Penrith game, which Jason rose to fame over, mm-hmm. if you will. Moses Leota just absolutely, like, shoulder-charged, which, you know, in the good old days, nothing wrong with it. But these days, you can't do it. So let's rule on it consistently. Shoulder-charged, I think it was Tohu, in the face. And any other game, and again, this is this is the bit that makes it so frustrating, is that it'd be fine if he did it and and there was no call, you know, whatever. But when our guys are doing something similar or or not as or not as bad, and I'm I'm thinking, you know, uh, Murata near Corday, he got called for multiple those sort of incidental shoulder contacts with the face because of just whether it's technique, whether it's yep. the, the attacking player, you know, dips down too low or whatever. He got sus- got multiple suspensions, mm-hmm. but yet. Leota like literally knocked Tohu out and he got nothing. And yeah, again, that was your yeah, one that I'd forgotten about. And um, and I really loved Jason's response because he came out and said that they were cheats. And then they were like, take it back. And he's like, you know, I was seated in the heat of the moment, you know, but I, but I am going to stand by the fact that there is unconscious bias. And that's the thing that I really enjoyed about him because he's the CEO of a major company and he didn't, he didn't do that real classic gutless thing where he just completely backtracked on what he said and what he felt was true at the time. He said, you know, basically said what I said, I could have said it in a more eloquent way, but I'm still going to stand by the fact that I think there is an unconscious bias. And, and, you know, and it was, it was so nice because all of us Warriors fans have been thinking that and feeling that and I guess knowing it for I don't know how long. And so to finally have someone with some type of prominence put it into the media, put it under the spotlight where all of a sudden people were talking about it outside of those diehard fans, that's what I really enjoyed about that. And, you know, whether or not it worked in making referees more aware of the decisions they were making, it certainly didn't didn't work in that semi-final, but... I don't think it's worked overall. And something I remember hearing when we've had, obviously we've had a lot of Australian coaches and a lot of Australian players play for us. Even they have 
said this over times that they have felt that they have been hard done by when coaching the Warriors or playing for the Warriors. Yeah, and it was actually funny, just all this stuff sort of coming back to me. I mean, I'm a huge, huge Steve Price fan. Uh, I happen to be watching Celebrity Treasure Island New Zealand at the moment, and he's on there. And um, it's just so funny seeing him in there with all these other sort of quote-unquote celebrities because he's just huge compared to the May. You forget how much of a beast he was. Mm-hmm. Huge Steve Price fan. He came over and one of the strangest at the time, it felt like the strangest signing the Warriors have ever done. You know, how on earth are we getting a Queensland and Australian prop at just about the peak of his game, just off the back of a title with the Bulldogs, playing for the Warriors. Like, it was mm. it was awesome. And anyway, so he came over in, what, 05, maybe 06? And I remember he basically lost his Australian jumper and lost his Queensland jumper in those first couple of years. It was kind of like just by proxy of being playing for the um, for the Warriors or being in New Zealand. Like, all of a sudden, he wasn't good enough. Yeah. Um, and then I... I think eventually he ended up getting a couple more caps um, for the Queenslanders yes. because I think I hated it at the time because I'm a New South Wales boy. I love Steve Price and I think for whatever reason he decided, and it's so out of character, he decided to square up against Gallon. might not have actually been Gallon, it might have been yeah. another Blues player and he dro- absolutely dropped him and it was yep. just awful because I'm in, in, ordinarily I'd love to see a Queenslander get a good crack. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's okay. Because it, was, because it was my boy Steve Price, I was devastated. But um, but yeah, that was kind of one of those things where it was like, yeah, he, he immediately was like no longer considered to be, you know, good enough to play for those Australian teams. And it was just it was just one of those things. Like, I think it was a big part of the reason so many Aussies don't come or haven't come and played for New Zealand because you do start to get overlooked for those representative, you know, fixtures, especially State of Origin. And they love playing State of O because, what, you get 40 grand a game. Mm, I mean, how good is that? That's pretty good, isn't it? It kind of leads me on to another Steve Price um, moment where the Warriors have been robbed. He ended up owning a Foursquare after he retired um, from the Warriors. And this is one of the great stories I love with Steve Price. Uh, Waipu, uh, I believe it's north of Auckland, there's the general idea with foodstuffs where you own a Foursquare, then you own a, uh, a New World, then you own the big the big money pack and save. So I think that was his original plan. But anyway, he owned this, um, this Foursquare back in 2016 and he ended up getting robbed at about 3 a.m. And, and the robbers stole um, cigarettes and tobacco, which is <laughs> just the story, the part of the story I just love the most. Um, yeah, not not worried about money, just going and get, get some dairies. <laughs> oh, he was robbed. He's another warrior that was robbed. <laughs> Absolutely robbed. And it was funny, he was quoted saying, had I been there two minutes earlier, sort of essentially saying, you know, things would have turned out a lot different. But um, I'm glad he wasn't. Just let them take their dairy, Steve. You're all right, mate. He might have given them a good crack. <laughs> yeah, that's just got to say. Paybirds is sort of channeling that, that energy from uh, from the blues, from that blues hiding it's, that he got. They might have been uh, New South Wales fans. He might have stopped them. Who support? <laughs> Bang. He might have got them that. <laughs> An idea I want to float with you, and it's sort of one that I've sort of been throwing around in my head trying to understand it all, is do you believe it's an institutional bias, or is it just that's how people who are involved in rugby league in Australia feel about a New Zealand team because we have that competition between New Zealand and Australia and the Warriors by proxy are a New Zealand team. It's not something that the NRL officially has a policy on. It's just people who are involved with the game have this bias against New Zealand. And when they're in roles like official roles, like referees or touchies or the bunker, even, even the Dally M awards judges, Gordon Tallis, that it sort of comes through without them even knowing. It's a really hard question to answer, Craig, without sort of um, so many different angles that you could go that you could go with it. Um, 
it's it's arguments supported in the fact that over the past three years we played in Australia yet one team after everyone coming out saying how amazing oh the Warriors were amazing they saved the competition oh the Warriors were amazing you guys are just the greatest and rah 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 and all these prominent figures saying you know let's you know let's take our home games to to New Zealand next year and blah 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 there was one team this year that came that brought their home game to New Zealand and played in Hamilton and that was the Tigers yes the only team and then if you look at the draw in general I remember actually because I went on about it so many times because we were going through such a rough patch leading up to the 2020 season so this is just before everything went tits up of course they did some analysis on the amount of travel the kilometers traveled for each team the Warriors were at over 60,000 kilometers traveled this is sort of all off the top of my head I remember at the time the next closest was North Queensland and they were something like 30,000. Wow. And everyone else, basically those Sydney-based teams, were sort of five to 10,000. You know, and it's like, and this is the thing that sort of frustrates me so much because I'm like, arguably, outside of from 2011 to 2018 when we had that really rough seven years because there was some ill-fated coaching choices. Inside, like, Wasn't there, league. definitely. Obviously, letting um, Cleary go, that, that sort of set us back so much. But, I mean, prior to that, the, you know, we were one of the teams that were consistently in the top eight. We were always competitive. And, and you know, th- for the fact that we were so competitive with the amount of travel that we had to do. I mean, I, I mean, Australia, it's only three and a half, four hours away. But, man, when I get to Australia um, after a flight, I'm... You know, I've, you know, I'm I'm had it. You know, I'm not an athlete. You know, I don't have to then go and train and play, then you know, catch a midnight flight or a five a.m. flight back the next morning, and just throws your whole body out of whack. The moment you understand how um, circadian rhythms and all of that sort of thing work, you know how much it can really affect you. So you know, there are just so many things that um, that that go against the Warriors playing a, a competition over there. And then you know, when you throw on top of, you know, the fact that you know, there's, there appears to be a bias and there's no way referees will ever admit it. There's no way rugby bosses will ever admit it because, and there's no way that you can ever really properly prove it as well, which is the real thing, hard thing. Just uh, stop whinging, you know, this, you're just making it up, mm-hmm. you're just paranoid, just you're a conspiracy theorist or whatever it is. And it's like, well, that may be true, but you can actually lay out a bunch of facts about, you know, how hard, you know, playing in a foreign competition is for the Warriors and how well we have performed. It's just testament to, I guess, our culture. I think they they want to try and have a really New Zealand-based or New Zealand-grown team in terms of the nationality of the players. But um, you know, we obviously do have a smattering of Aussies in there, and I think we need to. Yes. But, yeah, I, I mean, there's obviously a bunch of Kiwis that play and you know, the, the teams over there. I mean, there's lots that play for the Panthers and the Roosters yes. and stuff like that. That, so that comes to mind straight away. You mentioned Moses Lieder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. James Fisher Harris, you mm-hmm. know, he's 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 brilliant. And then oh, obviously the other um Siren uh, no Sorensen, who plays for the Panthers as well, you know. So there's some real prominent Kiwis that play in Australian teams. So I don't necessarily think it's Kiwi based or to do with because we're Kiwis, but yeah, there's there's something, Craig. Mm. There's definitely something. Well, I want to touch on a couple of points you've made there. The first one about we need a Warriors team and we need a Warriors team that's successful that raises the profile of rugby league in New Zealand because 
there's so many Kiwi players playing in Australia that the Warriors being successful makes league popular in New Zealand and it brings more kids into league that might not go to rugby and these kids don't necessarily play for the Warriors. They may also play for Aussie clubs. So they need a Warriors team that is doing well and a strong club and a, and a strong competition below that helps bring kids through and trains them up. So that's something that's that's definitely needed. But another example I want to talk about, it's my last one, and then the floor is all yours, as you know, our counselling session for aggrieved Warriors fans continues. <laughs> yes. We'll just let it all out here on the pod. I mean, this, is, this is a really great way to put it. It's a great counselling session. You know, this is the thing, right? If we can talk about these awful experiences, you know, and you can share them with other people, you know, a problem shared is a problem halved, right? That's the that's exactly the, that's, that's, that's the money shot right there. Yeah. That's it. And we get context on it when we, when we say it to someone else and then they think about it and they ask us questions. It makes us sort of, you know, look into our biases ourselves and you know we'll probably finish this yes. pod and we'll be like okay that's good I've let it all out I can move on now into the season <laughs> we'll go into the next season and we'll feel good about yeah. rugby league again yeah 100% but maybe, maybe <laughs> yes it was 23 years ago I still remember it and it's when the Warriors played the Northern Eagles in the year 2000 and the controversy around this incident involves the man we used to call the Michael Jordan of rugby league Ali Lawatiti he was sinbin for an alleged forearm to the face of an Eagles player who was tackling him. And the video later showed that it was actually his shoulder that connected with the tackler's head, but we know it's the tackler's responsibility to put your head in a safe position when you're tackling a person with the ball. And Also, just note, Craig, yep. back then it was totally fine to tackle with your shoulder as well. So just pointing that out, shoulder charges were completely legal. That's true, but Ali actually had the ball. He was the, he was the guy running with the ball. Oh, oh. It was, it was, oh okay, sorry. It, it was believed to be like a forearm to the tackler's face, but at halftime, the then Warriors CEO, Trevor McEwen, who we're not necessarily a fan of on this pod, he <laughs> he went into the Sky Sport box because he wanted to review the incident. And what he found when he put the headset on is that the referees and the touch judges still had their mics on. And he was listening to a conversation between the referees and the touch judges. They were talking about how they were going to, the decision wasn't necessarily right, but they needed to come together and all say that, yes, it was right. So they could stick together and... McEwen went to the CEO of the NRL, then old David Moffat, another clown, to talk about the incident. And Moffat's main reaction was that you should not have been eavesdropping on this conversation and we'll shut this down ever happening in the future. Not the fact that, you know, there was a you know a crime of rugby league happening. It was like, no, the big crime is you. You shouldn't have been listening in. That's wrong. And that's just the whole attitude I think I find with the NRL. It's like, let's close ranks. And they did with Jason Paris. You're wrong. We're never wrong. That's where it stays. But something else I found online as we were discussing this the other day, a bit more information about the same issue, I believe, came out 19 years later, which was in 2019, when the Warriors had a run of poor decisions against them. And obviously we spoke up about it. And a, I think New Zealand Herald journalist interviewed Mark Graham, who was the coach in the 99-2000 era. And he talked to them about an incident, which I believe is the same incident, where the referees were overheard discussing a call they were made. And that's the only time this has ever come up. And one of the officials actually said when they were talking to each other, who cares, he's just a black C-U-N-T. And mm. this was also raised, you know, as part of McEwen's discussion with the CEO, David Moffat. And he's like, nah, you're in the wrong for listening into that conversation. So I think we, are, we can rightly feel aggrieved when we see injustice 
And the response we get is like, no, we're the institution. You have no power. You just shut up. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I don't even know how to respond to that or how to follow on from that. It's 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 appalling and true or not true. I mean, it's I think that's probably just a sentiment that we've probably always felt, but maybe have, we've never really talked about because it, it is it is a sort of it's a tricky t- um, subject to um, to dance around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing to slightly lighten the mood, I um I was reading a review of that game actually, Craig, after you. <laughs> After you brought light to it, because I was still, um, I hadn't still started my um, warrior's passionate journey um, at that stage yet. But ironically, in the article referencing the game, it talked about a, um, <laughs> a forward pass <laughs> that the other team committed that wasn't called on, and then the team scored. It was either that, or actually, it might have been the fact the Warriors, no, the, sorry, the Warriors were called for a forward pass that wasn't forward, um, which would have resulted in. I think winning the game, but it was either way. It was just, I just made me laugh that we've been talking about forward passes that have been happening forever in a day. Mm. <laughs> and it's literally, it's literally just happened since day dot. Um, the Warriors seem to be dudded by this bloody forward pass. Then we go back to my earlier comment is do we need to have technology and better technology that can rule on it? Because if it's aggrieving us, if we had technology like the VAR in the recent. Football World Cup, which I thought was great because it's taking the human decision-making element out of it and we can't get, you know, computer says no. Well, what can we do about that? But we can always believe that a human has made a decision with some sort of bias. So for me, if they put a line on it, you know, it goes upstairs. If it's a try that scored or something, it goes upstairs. The bunker look at it. They put a line on it. It's forward. There we go. No worries. Then I could let these feelings go because computer says no. It's not that referee doesn't like us. Could you live with that? Yeah. Um, well, I was immediately thinking of the VAR system, and a colleague was actually telling me about one of the recent clubs that were promoted into the Premier League this year, and they have to build a new stadium because the current stadium, one of the access points is actually underneath or through a block of flats <laughs> because it's literally, they're literally in you know, like the suburban part of... I've seen that. It's amazing. It's hilarious, absolutely hilarious. But they have to, anyway. They have to build this new um, stadium, which you know they're going ahead, and it's going to cost however many million dollars. But they also need to spend five or ten million dollars, or whatever it is, or had to, to get the stadium to install the VAR system, so that they're so that that's actually up to speed for the current season. And then when their new stadium's built, they then you know the which they're already having to spend millions of dollars on so it just feels like this massive waste of money because it's going to be you know a one season rental so my point being if we did go down a VAR route you know how do you in, install equipment on the field to make sure that if we're going to do it are we going to do it right or do we go down the path of actually we're just going to add a new element to the bunkers ability to review maybe the technology on the tvs themselves can adjudicate those sorts of things the only thing i worry about is if you are going to start doing that when they make rules black and white there are times when even though the player that was taken out in like some type of obstruction call had no chance whatsoever it didn't even affect the defensive line but they were run into because they were run into even though they could have there's no way they could have made it there to stop the try the tries called back and so it's like it's like yes we're playing to the letter of the law so yes it shouldn't be a try blah 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 blah. but it feels like 
you know, especially when players know like that, they, you know, players can flop and things can happen, you know, to exaggerate things to make calls go their way. So the only thing I worry about is that whenever you create a rule or whenever you bring in a KPI, it can often create adverse um, behavior. And so that's the thing I worry about. Not necessarily going to be adverse behavior with people, you know, with forward passing. But, you know, if it's a black and white ruling, there are going to be times when I've seen tries that were scored going both ways, actually, where I was like, shucks, you know, that classic call that we say in rugby league shivers, that, that pass was flat, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, which is which is just code for yikes, that was probably forward. But, you know, it's it was because of, you know, how the angles and everything, everything goes, it doesn't get called. So that's the only thing I worry, is that if we did start ruling black and white, you're going to start taking tries off the paddock, and it's going to denigrate the game a wee bit. But that'll affect both teams equally, though, won't it? In theory, yeah. In theory, yeah. That was my last crime against the Warriors. I know you've got a few others. Do you want to give them to me? Yeah, I yeah, I just wanted to sort of, you know, we've had, as you said before, we've had our counselling session. We've had our, we've, we've, we've aired our grievances. We've had our Ricky Stewart moments. Um, so I just sort of... I feel definitely like him, I tell you. <laughs> so I just sort of... You were worried it was you and I think it's me now. <laughs> yeah, well, um, shucks, sometimes. It is nice actually to hear another person have a good whinge because sometimes it does feel like we're the only one, right? But no, I just sort of list off like another couple of other instances of robberies, not to make fun of them because there are some obviously some serious ones here, but, you know, just outside of um, referee bias, unconscious bias sort of situations. One of the more obvious ones in recent years was the Matt Lodge robbery, where we, for some reason, paid him $700,000 to not play for us. I feel that we could do a pod on him just alone. In my head, I was doing some almighty mental arithmetic and to try and justify being okay with him playing for us when he did play for us. Coincidentally, our recruitment manager happened to be his father-in-law. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah his, his daughter was married married to him probably had nothing to do with him coming to the club at all Craig but you know just by the by also ironically we paid him $700,000 to piss off he then goes plays for the Roosters on a cut price deal the Roosters are an absolute crap show all season until they get rid of him and then all of a sudden they go on this amazing winning streak and make the playoffs whether or not there's any correlation I have no idea Craig Um, but I just thought I'd just throw that out there anyway $700,000 robbery big one but it's not the only robbery he's been involved with, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, whether it was a robbery or not, <laughs> but he, he certainly he certainly owes a hotel door in um, in New York. Um, uh, sorry, a hotel in New York, a new door. Um, that's for sure. It was one of the once were warriors this year's actually, and they didn't say his name, but we all know who they were talking about. And he he literally flipped the crowd off as he was leaving the field because I think he got sinbinned, and then he was just being an you know an idiot in the changing room. And I think Cameron it was with Cameron George, and then Cameron George basically was like, "Yeah, well, we've lost the culture. You know, something's you know we this is not who the warriors are." And I think that's when he sort of made the decision actually. Let's not go down some litigious route. Let's just pay this guy out his contract and he tell him to piss off. And then it was kind of everyone, everyone was shaking their head like, "Are you kidding me? Like, couldn't you have just like cut his contract and just be done with it?" But it sounds like his agent Isaac Moses. It sounds like he is a very shrewd businessman. If let's just put it that way, and he managed to he did that, and then they tried to do the exact same thing with the Roosters. 
and then when that, that's when the Roosters cut him and he went to the Sea Eagles. And it was just kind of like, because the same thing happened when he was at Broncos and Broncos cut him and then that's when we picked him up. So it was just like, it was just these string of things that happened and it was $700,000 robbery. Harking back to Nickel Clockster, his first tenure at the Warriors in 2017, he got his car stolen, which happened to have his first ever Warriors jersey in it. Um, it's awful robbery, but... Great news, um, the jersey was returned, thankfully. I've touched on the Steve Price Foursquare robbery back in 2016. We also have probably the last thing I'll talk about was one of the more famous ones, the Mount Smart Stadium, the Mad Butcher Lounge. Mad Butcher is an absolute legend of rugby league, and he is, you know, the Warriors' number one fan. He has a really good episode on Monty Beatham's Once a Warrior were as, um, as well. But there were 14 jerseys that were stolen from Mount Smart Stadium in a Ram Raid incident in tw- at the end of 2022. I don't know if you've ever watched Police 10-7 back in the day, but um, the old mate that used to present a bunch of gutless mongrels <laughs> or gutless thugs <laughs> or whatever he used to say it was just brilliant but anyway yeah so that was um they were stolen so there are lots of incidences here where the warriors have been robbed but obviously the most prominent being sean johnson by one point to a guy who missed who missed about a third to half the season and somehow managed to go on a, a winning streak at the end of the season and pip sean by one point it was one point Craig and it was you know Gordon Chalice has come out and he's defended the judges because he is one and I'm like him and Blocker Roach Matty Johns always talks about you know the Warriors are a second team even Andrew Johns talks um, positively of the Warriors you know he talks about how he bought a Warriors um, membership under his son's name even more recently like Nathan Highmarsh probably has never really been much of a Warriors fan but Fletch has been saying positive things about the Warriors but Gordy never ever says anything positive about the Warriors. He's just an absolute hater. He just, he needs to step away from the Botox. And so is your mate Fiddler. <laughs> no, I, I love you, Brad, but um, but no, yeah, I, I'm lost for words in terms of explaining how, how Sean managed to lose that. Literally everyone on um, on Maddie Johns' show was basically like, it's Sean's to lose, it's Sean's to lose. I would be shocked. And this is coming from Maddie. Maddie is the biggest Newcastle Knights fan right next to there with Andrew. And he, he of anyone would have been able to say, I think Pong has a chance here. But even he was like, no, nah, this is Sean's to lose. Did you see how they explained it away in that because Sean played in a team that had better players around him, those other players were taking points away from him, whereas Ponga was playing mm. in a team mm. that was crap, so he would always get max points. Yeah, and I think that's a bit of a cop-out, really, because yeah. one of the games they talked about was when Watini got a hat-trick and Adam Fanoa Blake did something else that was incredible, so it meant that Sean didn't get as many points in that game. But then there was another game where Sean was incredible and he was only given one point instead of, like, two or three. And it was like, there's literally just a couple of games where, at the end of the season, where, you know, those are the games that you start to highlight and you're like, yeah, yeah, this doesn't, this doesn't sound right. Again, there's no conscious bias, Craig. We are just all a bunch of conspiracy theorists. And we're one-eyed Warriors fans. What do we know? Exactly, my friend. And I think that's the perfect way to end today's podcast. Phil, mate, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy man, and I really always enjoy our chats about the Warriors. Thank you for coming along today, my friend. No, thanks for having me, Craig. I love I love chatting Warriors, even when it's a little bit of a whinge session. They're a big passion, and it's great to have a, a platform and a fellow Warrior fan to share with. Appreciate it. 
please make sure to follow us on all good podcast streaming platforms. We are now across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Also remember to follow us on Instagram, where's underscore my underscore sports underscore at, and follow us on Facebook. Please make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. We welcome your comments and feedback. Thank you.